Worldcon is returning to San Jose, California. Writers, readers, and fans from around the globe will converge on the Bay Area in August to mingle, read, write, play, geek out, and celebrate the Hugo Awards together at the 76th World Science Fiction Convention. Programming for Worldcon is still in the works. If you have ideas for readings, lectures, panels, musicians, anything, share them with us at worldcon76.org. Have you registered for Worldcon yet? Register today at worldcon76.org to join the more than 2,500 attending members in San Jose from August 16th to the 20th. Keep up with Worldcon 76 on Twitter at Worldcon 2018 and on Facebook at Worldcon 76. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Sometimes we're drinking. Sometimes we're not. This is not. This is one of those not times. Today is not. Uh, Actually, we're drinking water. Don't worry. We're not going to dehydrate. Drinking plenty of water. Keeping hydrated. I don't. I don't. I don't have any water. I don't have any water in front of me, water. but I swear I drank some today. All right. Trust well, me. If I, sure, if I start to shrivel up like a... Melting. melting. But like the opposite of melting, more like, you know... Crinkling. Crinkling. Crinkling's a good word. All right. Well, let's let's skip all that reliquiate... <laughs> yep, all oh, that reliquiousness. I was going to say reliculosity. Relic- ridiculosity? <laughs> It didn't happen. It didn't happen for me is is where I'm going with that. Let's jump into instead the quick burns. Thank you to Stephen who pointed out the Hugo finalists have been announced. And (laughs) what's this? Sword and Laser made the best fan cast list. Congratulations to us. What ridiculosity. (laughs) Now that's ridiculosity. So seriously, here's what we need you to do. Go vote. (laughs) Yeah, if um, yeah, if you are a, a voting member of Worldcon, uh, you can vote for us. You for have to the be Hugos. a member of Worldcon 2018, though. You mm. can't be 2017 or 2019. That works for the nominations, but for the vote for 2018, it had to be a member of this particular Worldcon. That's good that you know that because I did not know that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's important to have the facts about this stuff. We also but need I to am... send them things. For voters, and we need your help. What's our best episode from last year? Please tell yeah, us. Which which episode did you like the best? And if you have any moments that you thought were especially funny, um, I'm not like asking you to go through and, and pick out like exact time code, but if you have it, that would be amazing. Um, but it's okay. Yeah, just your favorite episode. We just have to include one one piece of work that that people can use to go back and and, and see what we're all about. Yeah. So that would be cool. Just but, a perfect um, episode that um, uh, tells voters this fan cast is the best. That's, that's all we the need one. from you. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Good. But no, seriously, thank you to all no, the, the folks yes. who have been nominating us throughout the years as well, because a lot of you came out and said that afterwards, and that that made my, my cold little shriveled heart <laughs> burst with joy. <laughs> Unfrinkling. Um, 
and uh, uncrinkling, expanding like the Grinch. Uh, so that that's amazing. Thank you so much. We're 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 beyond words. I, I'm so excited and and just so happy because this is really something I've you know I've been excited about for a long time and and wanted to. I don't know. It's it's hard to explain. Like you know, it's just cool. It's really cool. It's a cool thing to be able to say. Like honestly, even if we don't win, just being able to say Hugo nominated podcast is pretty darn cool. So thank you. I think you I for might just make a happen. shirt. That says co-host of a Hugo-nominated podcast. And then have the nominated uh, in, in as a sticker you can rip off in case we win. <laughs> yeah. And underneath that's, it says winning. That's too much hope. That's too, <laughs> that's too much hope. I just want to be I just want to be happy for what I have. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. The I tiny wins. All right. And also Mark says that the Philip K. Dick Award was handed out last night at NorwestCon to Bannerless by Carrie Vaughn. After the flare by Deji Bryce. Olukaton was the winner of the 2018 Special Citation PKT Award. Yeah, we we talk about this award every year, and it's always a really interesting book that many of you probably have not been exposed to or knew about. Uh, they do a great job of, of finding really interesting things to add to your read list. So after the flare and bannerless, uh, go check them out. See if they look interesting to you. Totally. Now, Neil Gaiman, he likes to do the TV these days, and Joseph pointed out that there is another potential TV adaptation coming from him, but not of his own work. Instead, Mm. Gaiman is doing an adaptation of Mervyn Peake's Gormenghast novels. Uh, Joseph says, I liked the BBC adaptation from 2000 or so, but it would be happy to see another take on it. Uh, He's working with Jonathan Rhys-Meyers and Christopher Lee. Oh, wait, sorry. Just, it was that like, was wait a minute, Christopher Lee isn't right. around anymore. That was the 2000, uh, that one. Okay, so uh, so yeah, so Neil Gaiman is uh, on board with Fremantle Media. That's who, that's who I was looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the books follow the inhabitants of Castle Gormenghast, a sprawling, decaying, gothic-like structure with a raft of characters, including Titus, the heir to the throne of the House of Grown, scheming kitchen boy Steerpike, and twin sisters Cora and Clarice. And Akiva Goldsman uh, will be working on it, too, which someone made some crack about him being on a dark tower. I'm like, he has done so many more things than a dark tower, including a beautiful mine. Uh, so Akiva Goldsman is highly talented. This this looks like a, a very talented team to take that on. Awesome. Louis says book eight of The Expanse has a cover and a release date. Also, Louis says, was the title already known? Because that was news to me. Tiamat's Wrath will be released on December 4th. Tom, how stoked are you? I'm very stoked. I am also stoked that there's not going to be a Star Wars this December because what happened to me this year (laughs) was I got so with with holidays uh, and like pre-recording episodes for for release during the break for DTNS, I I got delayed in starting the the new James S.A. Corey because... I'm used to doing this in June, right? They they shifted mm-hmm. their release dates to December, probably because they're working on the TV show. That That's fine. It's not about me, but it threw me off my game. And so I was a little late uh, to reading it. I'm very excited that this year it's coming out a little earlier in December, December 4th. And I will not uh, have a Star Wars movie taking up my time, just the holiday prep. So I will, I will, I will be on board day one for this one. And Super excited, not only about that, but the return of the expanse to TV uh, happened last night. 
Did you get a chance to watch it, it yet? Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, so no spoilers. I, I probably only, will watch it after after we get off. The, the only thing I'll say here. is I want more. I you just always want, want more. more, though. Yeah. I mean, this is this. I almost wish this was a Netflix show so I could just keep watching it. I have become very accustomed to uh, to binge watching. Um, and also, this is also not in the quick burns list, but I wanted to talk about it because I'm excited for him. Uh, Kevin Hearn, uh, Scourged, came out this week, and it's it's on uh, it, it, they uh, it, it's a uh, number uh, it's on the New York Times bestseller list. Oh, wow. I think very cool. Yeah, so it's the ninth book in the Iron Druid Chronicles, uh, which is one of my personal favorite series, and I especially love the audiobooks, uh, which are narrated by Luke Daniels and are just mwah, delicious. <laughs> So definitely check that out and, and support Kevin. He's a he's an awesome writer and a great friend of the show. Yes, do that. Uh, and then ponder this. Apparently, Skydance Television is going to make their foundation series, which I believe we've talked about the fact mm-hmm. that Skydance was, was developing a, a series based on Isaac Asimov's foundation. But they're apparently going to be making it for Apple. Yeah, so Apple, I mean, we've been kind of waiting to see what all these new like Apple shows are going to be uh when they when they start coming out and and this is kind of a big one. This is a this is could be a really cool sci-fi property for them. If people don't realize, there none of this stuff is official, but there is a uh a comedy from Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston, uh amazing stories from Steven Spielberg. I mean, there there are about a dozen or so top name driven shows that Apple apparently has acquired. No one mm-hmm. knows why. No one knows what they're going yeah, to well, where is it gonna ha- do. Where is it going to come out? Yeah. yeah. Are they just going to put them in iTunes? Is it going to be on Apple TV? Is there going to be a new app? We don't know. Uh, but now you can add this sci fi series to it, uh, Foundation, uh, which, you know, forget about the whole Apple part of it. Just the idea that somebody's going to make a hopefully high quality version of this is incredibly daunting and exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be an expensive one to make. They said uh, production costs may exceed. Uh, oh, nope. Looking at the next story. Also an expensive one. Sorry, jumped ahead a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm sure foundation's going to be expensive. Like you, everything happens in space. <laughs> so Maybe maybe not as expensive as this one. Uh, Tom over on Quick Burns says that according to The Hollywood Reporter, the Lord of the Rings TV series will be a five season series by Amazon Streaming set prior to the events in the Lord of the Rings books and movies. The production must start within two years and the rights were bought for $250 million dollars. The production cost may exceed one billion. That would make it the most expensive series ever made. Uh, Tom goes on to say there were also rumors about Amazon concerning The Dark Tower from Stephen King and The Wheel of Time from Robert Jordan. Those series are unverified as of now, but would also probably have a big budget as Amazon tries to get a whole new gang of subscribers to their streaming service. If you do the math, he says, you can understand why Amazon tries to take a big bite out of the streaming cake. It also is fought over by Disney and Netflix and others. 20 million new subscribers with a monthly fee of $10 would generate $3.6 billion of revenue every year. And that would surely pay for those three series. 
Yeah, and that's not even how Amazon's model works. Uh, they don't really care about you subscribing for the video. What they care about is you buying things from Amazon. And usually, and I know he's citing the video-only model, which they do sell to mm-hmm. kind of get you in the door, but usually what happens is somebody subscribes for Amazon Prime for the year, and they they get the free shipping and Kindle Unlimited and, and all of these things, uh, and then buy everything through Amazon because they get free two-day shipping. So... Uh, having Lord of the Rings to keep people in that tent happy and bring them in is probably going to make them more than a billion dollars. There was there was an article not too long ago showing uh, a leaked slide from an internal presentation at Amazon about mm. how they look at subscriber retention and 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 what it means for them and how many how much money uh, is made off the people who stick around and shop and uh, it's just a whole big calculus for them. So it sounds crazy to spend a billion dollars on something like that, but I mean for Amazon it's probably like oh yeah we'll we'll make that back in spades in selling spades like they probably know like people who like lord of the rings they actually buy shovels so we'll... oh, they're selling they're selling spades and shovels yeah i'm, I'm fairly they'll buy, certain they'll buy all our gardening tools from amazon i cannot believe how how much of my life goes through amazon at this point it's it's pretty insane anyway that's that's a topic that, for another day uh, was was not noted here is that uh, uh that peter jackson's material has been licensed for this so oh. they have the right to, for instance, if they want to make things look like Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit movies, they can. Mm-hmm. If they want to get an actor, if they want to get, you know, Gandalf back, <laughs> they could. We're not saying they will, but they have that right. Now, we don't know if Peter Jackson himself would actually be involved. That apparently is still up in the air. But Peter Jackson's lawyer said that, yeah, making things into franchises is the big deal these days, guys. Look at Marvel. Look at Star Wars. Like, everybody wants to make a whole big universe of shows and movies and Amazon's kind of trying to jumpstart that by getting uh, on the back of what are successful movies already. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. I I'd be excited for any and all of these. Um, and like I said, I love, I enjoy binge watching. So Amazon for me is, is, is pretty awesome. Um, though, yeah, I guess not everything is bingeable on Amazon, right? Do, do they do some episodic content or is it all like Netflix? In uh, that? I think like Netflix, when they acquire one from a broadcaster, it mm-hmm. has to go episodic because the broadcaster is going episodic. Uh, that happens with Netflix sometimes. We don't see it as much because usually they're acquiring it from a U.S. broadcaster, so it just doesn't mm-hmm. make it to Netflix here. But uh, I think most of their series just go all at once. Their movies, they delay. They give them a full theater run of 90 days before they put them up on Amazon, um, like Manchester mm-hmm. by the Sea, for instance, whereas mm-hmm. Netflix always insists day and date. As soon as it, they put it in a theater, it goes on to Netflix. Wow. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Uh, we got a note from Christoph, who uh, we've discussed on the show before, who said, Hi, Veronica. I'm chiming in again to mention that we just released the Discworld Reading Order Guide 3.0, the final version of the guide due to Pratchett's passing and no books on the horizon. Uh, but if you click through, you can see a really great chart of all of the Discworld novels and how they connect and what they're called and which universe they belong in and how those all intertwine. And I just thought it was really cool the first time we saw it. So now if you want the final updated version, 
explaining exactly what order you could potentially read the Discworld novels if you were interested in, in being that, you know, highly specific about your reading order, this would be the place to start. So thank you, Kristoff, for, for sharing that once again. Uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's not even a definitive order as so much as a map, right? It's, it's, it's more of a map. It's more of like a free form map yeah. of like, you can start here if you want to do the watch novels, or you can start here if you want to pick up on, you know, the, the history monks or Tiffany aching. And then you can see like based on color coding and some great, like it's almost like wireframes. Like I'm thinking it from like a product manager, like viewpoint, like this is the wire flow of how to go through all these different books and, and connect them together. Yeah. And they've got uh, dotted so lines. Like it's mm-hmm. like an org chart. <laughs> yeah. It's totally an org chart. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. <laughs> Uh, Kenley posted embarrassed 100 books. I haven't read or heard of a few weeks ago. My wife sent me this blog post 100 must read young adult science fiction. At the time I gave a quick look over and noticed, huh, I didn't know any of the book titles. I've kept the tab open and I'm now sharing with you again. This is a list of a hundred books that I haven't heard of or read in the science fiction <laughs> genre. How can that happen? Clearly I am out of my depth. All right. Well, it's, I've definitely, we, I've read at least one of these. I've read, we, I've read Binti. We've read Binti for uh, vaginal fantasy. Um, I've, let's see what, all right. This is, I believe it is, are these all female writers? It looks like most of them so far are female authors, which is pretty rad. Um, let's see. I'm scrolling through to find the next one that I potential. Oh, Divergent by Veronica Roth. I've seen Divergent. Does that count? I have also seen Divergent. <laughs> I did not read it. Well, they're also young adults, so these aren't going to be marketed to you. Uh, right. So that would be maybe another reason why you haven't been aware of them. Uh, so so here we are. Thank you to you for making us aware that we can make other people aware. Because, yeah, uh, I I recognize a lot of the names on here, but not necessarily the titles. Like I have a copy of Legend by Marie Lu somewhere in this mess of an office. So there, there's one. I, I, I have it. I Claudia have it. Gray is somebody whose books I've read, uh, but not the one that is mentioned here. Mm. I haven't These even read Rebel Rising books. by Beth Rivas, which I no. usually read all the Star Wars stuff. Well, this is cool. I mean, yeah, this is a great way to, oh, oh, Octavia Butler, Seed <laughs> to Harvest. I haven't read that one, <laughs> but there is an author. Ooh, Shipbreaker by Paolo Pachigalupi. Yeah. But haven't read it. Yeah, I was going to say Harper Hall trilogy by Anne McCaffrey. Definitely read Anne McCaffrey. Haven't read that one. Hunger Games. I read the Hunger Games. Oh, we got one. We got two. I've got two. Two that I have definitely read. <laughs> uh huh. I yeah, heard great things some really about really good the Lost looking Girl. stuff on here, though. There's a Tanith Lee novel. We have not read any Tanith Lee yet, which is kind of a, an atrocity. We have uh, atrocity, really? Hold on. Let's just dial it down <laughs> a little bit. That, let's save that word for when it's needed. <laughs> Uh, it is sad that we have not had time to read Tenet Lee. There are also many other authors that's sad that we haven't had time to read yet. And Tanit Lee has been on my polls before where I've put up books for vote to the audience and it hasn't been chosen. So we will get around to reading Tanit Lee. Another author named Veronica, Veronica Rossi? I don't even know who that one is. WWW Wake by Robert J. Sawyer. Mm-hmm. Is on here. 
All right. Well, there, there, there we have it. So we, we are not faring much better than you, Kenley, uh, in this grand experiment of young adult novels. Uh, so don't feel too bad. But I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of people saying similar things in the, uh, in the thread here. So yeah, go, go check it out and get some good recommendations for new stuff. Yeah. All right. Then our next post is about secret codes in library books. Secret codes. Trike says, rats, we've been outed. Yes, I used to do this too before computers. I think my grandma or one of my aunts taught me this trick. I used to spend my summers on my aunt's farm or in my grandma's small town, and we could only do monthly library runs. Going to a library twice a year meant I would forget which books I had read. That's when I learned the system. I had forgotten all about it until I saw this pop up on my news feed. And essentially... A librarian, and you can read her entire Twitter Twitter thread about this, noticed uh, a woman came up and, and, and pointed out that there were markings in the books. And she came to realize through a lot of, uh, you know, discovery and sleuthing that the the older women at her library were using a system of like slashes or circles or other markings to like write down their place in the book. And so they weren't like folding the pages or anything, but it would let them know which one of them was at what spot in the book so they could kind of read it at the same time. And a lot of times just to know that they'd read it before. So when they go back they read to the before, library yeah. and they're like, have I read this one? Oh, yeah, that's my F that's has me. been circled. That, yeah, that's me. Yeah. So that's I, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, uh, Ta- Tazzy Dave says vandals and defilers. <laughs> <laughs> I like how the Twitter feed talks about we women books. <laughs> Which I imagine these very small people who come very, in. The wee free folks of the library. <laughs> yes, the wee free folks. Uh, that's amazing. All right. Well, let's let's do a little book of the month discussion. Uh, so as many of you know and have been following along, we are reading We Are Legion, We Are Bob by Dennis E. Taylor. Um, it is a it is a relatively short uh, first book in, in a three book series. And uh it was the winner of our March Madness poll, and I have finished the series already. Um, so, Tom, you didn't even make a face. Normally, at that point, you get real mad. No, I got say, mad like, last oh. time when you told me that before we had actually kicked it off. Oh, <laughs> so I, I hadn't I finished it yet. I finished it this weekend. <laughs> I didn't need to. You had already oh. finished the book, and we're on into the series. Uh, I was. I, yeah, I'm not going to get any madder at you for finishing the series. No, no. Last time we recorded, I was like 60% of the way done. Is that important? It's it's different. I hadn't finished it. Oh, you hadn't I had finished just this not- one? Well, no. I must be thinking of another series that you finished ahead of time. Anyway, why are you getting <laughs> mad at me for not being mad about just, the fact I, that you finished well, the entire maybe, series? Because maybe I secretly wanted you to be a little mad. <laughs> I think it's probably what it was. Or be like, uh, oh, Veronica. Hmm. No, now what I'm mad about is that we've wasted all this time talking about that instead of this amazing book, um, which I finished before last episode, but I haven't gone on to read the other two yet because I'm reading Solace hmm. by Gail Carriger. Oh, well, thanks for saying my thoughts were a waste of time. I appreciate that. Wait, your thoughts were a waste of time or your accusations of me were a waste of time? Yes. <laughs> That all your right. eyes just doubled in size when I said that. <sighs> anyway, all right. So you're enjoying Solace. Is this your first? Read well, no, through? we're talking about We Are Legion, We Are Bob. 
here, right? I don't know what you want from me. All right, <laughs> fine. We're talking about We Are Legion, We Are Pop. <laughs> I'll, I'll give some thoughts on Solus uh, after we're done here, but we've, we've got some good stuff. Mark uh, pointed out the uh, sentient ships. He says, I'm about three quarters through WRLWR Bob. <laughs> Shortening it doesn't seem to make it feel shorter for some reason. Anyway, he says about three quarters through. Wallwob. Yeah. Wallwob. Wallwob. And having a good time. As the number of bobs grow exponentially, it hit me that I've read a number of other books recently with characters who are sentient spaceships. The Shadow's Child from The Tea Master and the Detective by Aliette de Bodard. Breck, Justice of Torrin in Ancillary Justice by Anne Lecky. Mm. Verity from Pilot X by some guy who casts pods. Uh, a few years ago, the Barnes and Noble science fiction and fantasy blog posted an article with their six favorite sentient spaceships. Who is your favorite sentient spaceship? Hmm. John Taloni says, probably Scuttlebutt, Beta Ray Bill's ship. At the time, it seemed to me that this was a straight rip of a L. Neil Smith book where the ship was sentient and the captain in love with it. Memory is dim and Google does not help me dig up the name of the book. In any event, I felt that Walt Simonson, the writer for that part of Thor, handled the concept better. Simonson, perhaps. Um, I like the, uh, there's, I don't know if you're watching The Tick, um, on Amazon, but there is a very funny, uh, ship AI, uh, on that show that I am pretty infatuated with. I haven't got far enough to meet the ship. Oh, okay. Have you met the, um, what I only is watched the name? first couple episodes, so okay. I probably haven't it, met it, anybody be, Have you met a guy that is kind of like a, almost like a Punisher-like character? Maybe. I don't know. Like a lot of knives? No. And a lot of shooting? I no? Have not. Okay. Okay, well, stay tuned for that. He's a good. He's 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 my favorite character. I actually kind of like the Heart of Gold from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know how sentient it is. It has a personality, but it's not really. I mean, I guess that's good enough, right? It has the genuine people personality. How about this ship from um, Long Way to a Small Angry Planet? Oh yes. Oh, and then the sequel. Yeah. Is. A spoiler to say anything more, except yes. More about that. More on that. More on that subject. In that book. In the next book in the series. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love. I love this, and and I love that we are Legion. We are Bob is full of like most of the characters are sentient spaceships. Like it is the most sentient spaceships in one book that I've ever read. It's kind of like you forget they're actually spaceships yeah. a lot of the time because they, they pop up in each other's VRs so frequently um, that you forget that really their their material body, in effect, is is a spaceship and, to varying levels. Yeah. And every once in a while, it it just kind of pops in when it's like, and so I had to, you know, go on a hard burn. That's not actually a thing, but it's... But there are things like that where you're like, oh, right. Yeah, Bob's a spaceship. I forgot. <laughs> so that's that's a great thread. There's a lot of good ones here. I And I especially, uh, Breck and uh, Justice yeah. of Torin from Ancillary Justice was is a, is a great example of that as well. Very much so. so. Good, good pick. I actually, you know, I'm only going to bring it up because he brought it up. Um, I love Verity. Uh, Verity is, is a rocket and AI. And if I say so myself, I'm a big fan. So there you go. <laughs> if you do say so yourself. So I like uh, writing her. 
Dara Dara says, uh, what would your VR space look like? Hmm. Uh, she says, I kept thinking while reading this about what my VR space would look like. Mine would probably be a nice house on a secluded beach, hmm. warm water, cozy living room with a nice chair, books all over the walls, and I would definitely recreate my cats. What about you folks? I would probably start with the library and from Downton Abbey as my mm, my template. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. I'd kind of customize it because the furniture in there didn't look as comfortable as I would want. So I'd put some overstuffed modern leather chairs in yeah. there um, and my own dogs instead of Isis. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I, I think some kind of library situation. Yeah. I think I would do like a, a glamping tent. Oh. Like a really, mm-hmm. like a yurt mm-hmm. with like a really cozy. A yurt? Uh, like over, yeah, the, like a yurt. A yurt and a glamping tent. Seem like well, two different be, things to me. No, I mean a lot of so glamping, glamping sites yurt? actually use yurts mm-hmm. instead of like a, a traditional tent style. Mm. Um, okay. So you get a lot more space that way, um, and you can kind of have like a hole in the ceiling where, like, if you have a fire inside, like it goes up through the yurt hole. <laughs> <laughs> I think I invented that. What I did know. you call me? <laughs> Uh, but like a really big, like nice overstuffed bed mm-hmm. and like you could walk out and there would be like a cozy, like Adirondack chair, like around a fire. Mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. some of the bobs did have, um, like kind of camping sites. There was a camping site one. There was, um, there were a couple of beach ones, I think a couple of bobs, at least maybe not in the first book, but later bobs mm-hmm. have like, you know, beachy scenes that are very nice. I would um, want a roaring fire. Um, a roaring fire. I love the idea of the sort of tropical warm water secluded beach uh, out the window, maybe <laughs> with my mm-hmm. roaring fire. Uh, I don't know if I want to be outside for for my VR. Well, I, I mean, you can you can go into the yurt. You don't yeah. have to stay outside. Well, what is it's camp? just like, baby, don't yurt me. <laughs> That's good. All right. Well, that's the name of this episode. Uh, so good, good job coming up with that on the fly. Perfect. Right at the end, too. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I don't want to give my final thoughts uh, quite yet. Hopefully, I'll remember mm-hmm. them for the next episode. But very, very much adore the world of of We Are Legion, We Are Bob. And uh, as promised, I'll give you a few thoughts on Solus, which I'm in the middle of. I... Um, of course, as I knew, I would uh, adore uh, our parasol protector, and mm-hmm. uh, and 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 really, I'm intrigued with the the way she works werewolves and vampires into a typical 19th century England situation, uh, mm-hmm. and all the anglicisms in there, of course, are delightful. Uh, delightful. Yeah the the propriety, the tea. The sort of mild uh, prejudice against anyone who isn't English, including mm-hmm. our hero, because she has Italian blood. And they're like, mm, I don't know. Vampires, werewolves, sure. Mm, Italian. Okay. Mm. Catholic? Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, those are fantastic books. Uh, some of my favorites. Uh, oh, and by the way, um, if you are, hmm, I guess this is kind of like a cross promo in a sense, but we are we are having the last episode of Vaginal Fantasy on April 24th, the final episode. 
Uh, so if you want to join us for the last one, if you've listened before or heard me talk about it on the show, uh, just check out uh, twitter.com slash vaginal fantasy for, for info on how to tune in on the 24th at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, so yeah, sad, sad end to an era. We've yeah. been doing that show for about Why? six years. Why? Because life is babies. They all yeah, got some babies and jobs and Someday. life. And- all the babies and your dogs will do a podcast together. Together, they <laughs> they can do that. Um, I uh, it, it in on one sense it's good though because now I have extra time to read more sword and laser books. Oh yeah, great, great. <laughs> so there's gonna be two books a month no, now. Is what I'm don't saying. Say that. <laughs> Plus an alt. Don't yurt me. Don't hear me no more. All right. Our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back us. And if you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. You can find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Drop us a note, feedback at swordandlaser.com. The website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 415-7-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Baby, don't yurt me, don't yurt me, no more. What is camp? <laughs> it doesn't work. The what is camp part? What is camp? What is camp? What, what is camp what anyway? Is camp? What is camp? What does it mean? <laughs>